This Knowledge at Wharton podcast was produced in conjunction with Ernst & Young's Private Equity Center. For more information, please visit www.ey.com slash private equity. Hello, we're speaking today about private equity's performance in 2012 with Pavel Sevor, a Wharton finance professor, and with Philip Bass, who is the global private equity markets leader at Ernst & Young. Thank you both for joining us today. Philip, uh, if we may, let's start with you. 2012 was a bit of a mixed year. Fundraising was up, but IPOs were down. Um, here's a few of the headline numbers. Uh, announced deals, the volume was down about 6%. Uh, for announced value, uh, that was down about 9.5%. PE-backed uh, IPOs were down by almost half by dollar value. So could you discuss that? What what are the themes? What were the reasons for that? Yeah, I guess I would probably take a slightly more positive look. I, th- I think PE did a pretty good job this year. I think uh, overall, when you look at the activity, I'd say it was stable to good, especially given the the volatility and uh, that we had in the overall macroeconomic environment. Uh, clearly, a tough market uh, to work in, uh, and at the same time, uh, overall M and A activity was down. So uh, when you look at uh, overall M and A activity less assets available uh, really uh, uh, to buy uh, at the end of the day. Uh, when you look at some of the numbers, uh, you know, P did pretty well, I think. I think uh, when you when you break it down and you touched on them, I mean, fundraising was up, uh, private equity down, you know, was clearly slightly down and exits were down. Uh, but at the same time, when you look at the overall exits, uh, IPOs were about flat and uh, uh, clearly in the U.S. IPOs were up. So, so there were some bright spots. Overall, I think private equity is, is positioned to have a have a good year uh, again uh, for a lot of the same reasons. Again, being opportunistic and taking taking advantage of the opportunities that come on the market. But ultimately, at the end of the day, they need uh, they need assets. Uh, you know, they, they need more assets available out of, out on the street. Uh, Pavel, could you offer your view, please? Well, I, I would uh, mainly echo Phyllis here. I, I thought it was a uh, an okay year, probably a good year. Uh, the reason people may be slightly disappointed is, I think, more that the peak years of the quote-unquote golden age of private equity uh, were just uh, so, so much better. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think anyone uh, believes those are coming back anytime soon. The fundraising was uh, reasonably steady, uh, probably up. Uh, and that's in some way the best measure of uh, future uh, activity in PE. Uh, deal volumes uh, uh, were down somewhat, but again, as Philip said, uh, that's probably driven not by any PE-specific issues, but more by the sort of wider macroeconomic environment, uh, which was uh, volatile. Uh, so, so I think uh, PE had a, had a decent year. Uh, to the extent that uh, someone is hoping for a much better year, uh, I think that may be partly an issue that uh, at least some big P firms were uh, stacked up uh, and kind of prepared for a different world uh, before the crisis, uh, uh, and they may be hoping for that world to come back, uh, which is... Uh, I think not happening again, at least not in some reasonable future. But otherwise, I, I thought it was it was a it was a good year. It's hard to expect that uh, 
PE uh, IPOs would explode when the overall level of IPO activity is uh, uh, flat uh, to down. Uh, so in so- some way, PE, uh, as any other long-only asset manager, is at the mercy of what's happening in the, the wider economy and the markets. Uh, so if you think those are going to do much better in 2013, P is going to do much better. And if you're, as I am, a little bit uh, less optimistic, then you would expect 2013 to not be too different from 2012. Uh, the the number of exits uh, for IPOs and uh, I guess the number of M&A deals declined, I think, in 2012 in dollar terms and maybe by the number of deals, not so much. Uh, but uh, I'm wondering, the deals that were floated, however, appeared to have performed well. Could you comment on that also? Because what you've said so far, I think, is it's a bit of a relative case where, you know, given what's happening in the economy and the other markets, that that, that uh, private equity and so forth has performed, you know, relatively decently. But uh, for some of the deals that were floated here, there, there were some good performances. Could you talk about those, please? Yeah, I can pick that up. I mean, I mean, when you look at, uh, you're right, there, there clearly were lower volumes of IPOs, but when you take a look at uh, aftermarket uh, returns, uh, on a market-weighted average basis, uh, PE IPOs saw an average 11% increase their first day as a public company. But more importantly, the majority of these companies uh, held on to those initial gains and really uh, through, through close to the end of the year, there was about a 14% uh, uh, return above and beyond the, uh, the offer price, uh, the initial uh, uh, price they went out at. So, so overall, they've been, uh, they've been performing well in the market. Uh, uh, and I guess, and also I would say when you look at it in the 2013, uh, there are 57 or so private equity companies still in the pipeline, $11.8 billion in value, uh, ultimately making up about 10% of the uh, of the pipeline, of the IPO pipeline. So, so IPOs will continue to be something that private equity looks at. It's, it's, it's a very viable and, and, a, and, a, and a strong exit uh, choice, uh, depending upon uh, the kind of company. But, they're gonna, you know, again, the key is going to be patience and flexibility because, uh, as the professor said, we, uh, we don't expect that. It surely doesn't look like 13 will be much different than 12, that there will continue to be volatility in the market. And that will translate into volatility in the IPO market as well. So uh, private equity will wait, uh, uh, you know, it'll open and shut during the year. And during the time periods that it's open, uh, 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 private equity will, uh, there will be private equity IPO activity. Uh, Pavel, do you tend to agree with those views? Uh, well, yes. And the, the, what we saw in 2012 is actually not too different from what the, I think researchers have documented over the years. Uh, uh, PE-backed uh, uh, IPOs, uh, and here I am distinguishing a little bit from venture capital, uh, tend to do reasonably well uh, unless they are quick flips, uh, uh, i.e. Uh, when uh, PE firms very quickly IPO stakes in firms they've only recently bought. Uh, uh, otherwise, uh, again, they tend to do, do well, uh, and there's a, a number of explanations for this that people people have offered so 2012 in that way is no no, no anomaly uh, now uh, in terms of uh, future IPOs uh, I guess given the size of some of the key deals especially uh, the ones that are remaining from the peak years uh, IPOs in some ways seem to be uh, almost the, the only viable exit given the size of these businesses. Uh, and there are very few strategic buyers uh, uh, 
out there, uh, again, given the size, uh, uh, and uh, it's hard to sell to other P firms uh, uh, the price that uh, sponsors find attractive. Uh, so they will have to tap the IPO market, uh, but that market is notoriously volatile and uh, uh, very quickly, especially if there's volatility, it tends to almost shut down. So P firms will have to be very opportunistic in trying to uh, take advantage of any windows uh, that open. Again, especially given the uh, the old deals that they still have not exited and where uh, their LPs are pretty eager uh, to monetize those stakes and uh, move on. Uh, thank you. Uh, Philip, a, a recent Ernst & Young report on private equity notes that, uh, especially at the largest firms, that uh, PE firms are continuing to diversify into new lines of business, and that's blurring the line between PE and asset managers. Can you discuss this trend, and uh, is it coming about by necessity, or is that sort of a, a you know a natural evolution of the PE industry? Our view is that it's actually a, a natural evolution of the industry, and that it's really coming about uh, really really to diversify your earnings stream. So when you look at the bigger firms. Uh, Really, private equity uh, is still a big part of the business. Uh, well, it's a part of the business, but you'll see that uh, at the bigger firms, at the public uh, private equity managers, uh, uh, they're really getting into uh, uh, hedge funds, venture distressed debt, fund of funds, advisory, a number of different businesses. And ultimately, uh, private equity uh, ends up being in that you know 25 to 50 percent of uh, really their assets under management. So it's really a way to diversify their earning streams uh, without. Uh, you know, relying wholly upon uh, private equity, which, uh, which as we know, I mean, it really depends. The exit environment really triggers uh, the returns, and therefore, uh, some of the other uh, alternative asset classes uh, provide a more stable uh, uh, and consistent earnings to offset uh, some of the volatility in the private equity asset class. So, so we 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 look clearly at the private equity and the public firms. Uh, we see that trend. We think that that's uh, uh, also happening at the beginning to trend happen in the middle class. Uh, we're seeing uh, the middle, middle, middle market, not middle class, middle market firms get into uh, into debt, into uh, venture capital uh, uh, and real estate, uh, where they haven't historically gotten into some of those asset classes. And again, I think it's not as much about coming about by necessity. Uh, it's really around opportunity and being opportunistic in the market and taking advantage of the uh, of the skill set they have, really as an active asset manager and uh, really taking uh, the the uh, Taking the expertise they have uh, in private equity, but also bringing in other resources and applying that expertise uh, to the other asset classes. Okay, let me just follow up uh, on one specific point there, and that is that there is uh, also in that report a mention of increasing interest in "quote unquote" separate accounts for some large LPs. Could you explain that what that concept involves and why there's more interest in it today? Yeah, just regarding separate accounts. Uh, they are well established in the traditional asset management space, and asset management space. And what what they do is really uh, give lo- large, limited uh, LPs, large investors, more control over their investments as they look for. Uh, really, it ends up being a more customized solution to meet their investment needs. So uh, this can better integrate and align uh, investments with the LPs' overall portfolio objectives, uh, and at the same time uh, provide larger capital, larger pools of capital to the GPs. Uh, uh, than they might otherwise have access to. So, so what, what, what ends up happening is that it's a uh, uh, it's an arrangement really agreed upon with the uh, between the GP and the LP for uh, 
for the LP to participate in ways sort of beyond the more traditional way that they've historically have uh, uh, investing both uh, really side by side with uh, with with uh, their more traditional investment. Well, Powell, let me ask you this next question. Uh, tech plays have been down while consumer plays have been up over the year. Uh, could you discuss the reasons that that might be the case? Well, uh, I, I think consumer sector performed reasonably well uh, in 2012, uh, and that probably explains uh, mostly uh, why we saw this trend. Uh, I also think, if I'm right, that the 2011 numbers may have been slightly skewed by the Skype deal, which was a great exit for, for PE. Uh, but uh, it's, uh, it's hard to think uh, that uh, the industry mix that uh, tea firms uh, work with would not change uh, uh, over time. That it's driven largely by uh, uh, what's happening uh, overall in the markets and in the in the economy. And I mean, Philip, uh, I think, mentioned that at some point that these guys are uh, opportunistic and nimble on their feet, uh, and they are. So, so if they see uh, opportunities in the consumer retail space, they will uh, quickly jump in because uh, those may may disappear, uh, and they may think that uh, tech, uh, which uh, is at least uh, for some firms reasonably richly priced, uh, is uh, not something uh, where they can uh, earn adequate returns for their for their LPs. I mean, generally, the, the, the tech space uh, has really only been explored by T firms, uh, as in uh, separate from VC, uh, in the first decade of you know, uh, this century, b- before they stayed away because they thought the pricing wasn't right and that uh, these firms are uh, harder to lever up. Uh, now, that has changed, but it's still the case that uh, tech companies tend to be more richly valued than other businesses, uh, and that may just make it harder, uh, especially at times when pricing is uh, uh, not depressed for P firms to earn adequate returns. Okay, thanks. I'm going to move on to a different topic here. I want to talk about emerging markets, and uh, Phil, uh, perhaps we could start with you. In emerging markets overall, uh, fundraising was down a little bit, uh, but most observers seem to be continually bullish on them when it comes to PE and many other things for that matter. Um, is this simply a period of stabilization now, Philip? I think we're going to continue to see, you know, I mean, emerging markets uh, go up and down again. The, the amount of activity uh, in any individual market is, is tends to be driven in any given year by, uh, you know, whether there was, a, you know, a handful of large transactions. I, I think... Saying that, emerging markets are here to stay. Uh, there's more capital available in the emerging markets than ever before. Uh, what really was a focus uh, on the BRICS is now expanding beyond the BRICS into the frontier markets. So when you take a look, for example, at Latin America, it's really not. Uh, surely Brazil is the big market, and uh, quite a bit of focus is there and will continue to be there. But uh, Colombia, Peru, Chile, Mexico are getting quite a bit of attention. Um, so at the end of the day, I think, uh, you know, that there's, 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 will continue to be a lot of focus on the emerging markets. And again, uh, the story uh, that we've talked about before hasn't changed. It's really around uh, higher GDP growth than, uh, than the more mature markets. And, and while GDP growth dropped in many of those markets uh, this, this year, still they were still higher than the mature markets like the U.S. and Europe and uh, are expected to rise over the next couple of years. So that's, uh, that's sort of the starting point. But then you, you factor in a number of other considerations, low private equity penetration, 
uh, lack of financing generally in the market, lack of a strong venture capital market, uh, ultimately the combination of all those really being a need for capital. And then you combine that with the rising middle class and increased consumerism, and uh, it really ends up being, uh, uh, I guess we think long-term, uh, private equity will continue to be uh, look at the look at the emerging markets as an investing as a great investing opportunity. Thanks. I want to ask you both about your views on uh, the, the China and India markets also. But before I do, uh, Pavel, could I get your view overall on emerging markets and um, how you think the year went? Well, I think no, no one uh, would dispute the fact that now and uh, going forward, emerging markets are going to become much more important economically in general and probably for, for P as, as well, just as a result of that. Uh, so over time, they'll become bigger, probably relative to the size of the economy, there'll be more P activity, those two combined to, to give you an optimistic view of uh, PE in emerging markets. Uh, now, uh, uh, a, a more relevant question, I think, is for, at least for uh, P firms operating out of the U.S., will they be the ones to uh, benefit from this? And that, I think, is a, a, a much more... Uh, of an open, open question, and I will talk about China in a second. So I guess uh, 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 I can uh, talk about China a little bit. Uh, in there, uh, there were some tremendously successful uh, PE deals uh, for a few select uh, U.S.-based PE firms. But apart from that, it's been, uh, I think, a reasonably hard market to, to penetrate. And uh, uh, if you think about it, it's it's. Uh, not immediately obvious uh, why, for example, Blackstone, and I'm just using it as an example, would be the biggest beneficiary of growth uh, in China and of any growth in P activity in China. I mean, China is capital rich. Uh, its big banks tend to lend to insiders, which Blackstone still is not. Uh, it's a somewhat regulated country where regulations get enforced selectively. Uh, again, uh, uh, local firms may be better positioned to operate in that environment uh, uh, than than Blackstone. So, again, I'm very optimistic about P activity overall in emerging markets. Uh, I'm a little bit less optimistic about uh, how successful will uh, large U.S. and Euro-based P firms uh, be in taking widely advantage of opportunities there. They may occasionally be invited to participate in deals, especially in flagship deals, but uh, after the local uh, competitors develop, uh, they may be ultimately better placed uh, to benefit from growth uh, in those markets. Um, Philip, um, I'd like to get your view also, and just uh, to provide a little bit of context, the, the data shows that domestic IPOs in the first 11 months of 2012 at least uh, raised uh, only about half of what was raised in 2011. Again, I, I, I take your point that sometimes big deals skew the numbers and maybe that's what happened. But um, So I'd like to get your view on that. But also, it, it's interesting, I, I noticed something in the press that there's something like 800 firms waiting for approval and trying to list as an IPO um, in the domestic Chinese market. And now it looks like China's at least talking about, seriously talking about, relaxing some of the regulations there that could allow more companies get involved in, in PE listings outside of the country. Would you discuss uh, China's performance over 2012 and also what you make of, of um, this new re relaxing of the regulation that's being talked about? 
Yeah, I, th- I think you've touched on a couple key points. I mean, one, the regulatory environment hasn't been the friendliest uh, in China, but at the same time, I think it's also been impacted uh, by the greater macroeconomic environment as well. Uh, China's been impacted as, uh, uh, in the IPO market. Uh, and again, we know Chinese China-focused uh, IPOs haven't fared that well in the U.S. exchanges uh, either. So, so there's been surely the regulatory environment hasn't been that friendly. There's been some challenges. At the same time, I would say that, uh, as you mentioned, uh, regulatory environment developments in the region uh, uh, look. We looked at you know we, I, there looks to be some encouraging news in that in that uh, in that area, um, and it looks like some new regulations are going to be instituted uh, pretty rapidly to, to help uh, deal with the 800 firms waiting for approval and really open up the market. Uh, we, we did a recent survey, the, the Capital Confidence Barometer, where we polled 100, 100, over 100 private equity professionals uh, globally from around the world. And uh, I can tell you that uh, really the feedback was emerging Asia and China clearly are at the top of the list for investing activity. Uh, uh, so clearly exits uh, have been a challenge. We'll, we'll, we'll clearly uh, it's a tough area. But at the same time, uh, China is a big market. We'd expect private equity to continue to play in uh, our latest survey results really support the fact that uh, private equity in China will 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 work together to figure it out. Uh, thank you, uh, Pavel. Uh, on to India, always an interesting case. Uh, one of the large bricks, and it was the fastest growing PE market in Asia in 2011. But as I understand, there were some important changes in regulations and perhaps other areas that have slowed momentum. Could you discuss the main themes uh, in India's PE market in 2012? So. Uh, I'll start with saying that, that I'm a little bit less familiar with uh, India uh, than China, just uh, given what I worked on. Uh, so, so India has a much longer-standing, I guess, tradition with capital markets uh, than China, um, uh, and it has a reasonably active uh, stock market. Uh, again, that's been there for, for a longer while, uh, uh, and the P firms have been there longer than in China. Uh, I, I would say that so far uh, it uh, has been an okay experience for them, uh, n- not tremendously uh, successful. There are uh, many regulations uh, in China that make it harder for P firms to operate there. Uh, there have been some issues uh, with taxation where uh, the Indian government has uh, basically tried to change rules uh, for investors uh, retroactively. Um, uh, and that type of uh, policy uncertainty is really uh, scaring away uh, P firms. Uh, so uh, I, it's hard for me to make uh, definite statements uh, about the future. I guess it's always impossible. Um, but P firms will definitely keep entering China. And uh, I know of a few that have uh, moved their main offices uh, of China to, to India. Uh, sorry. Uh, but uh, uh, I think uh, it's uh, it's a hard country uh, to crack. Uh, it's uh, still, especially on the capital markets front, subject to to many regulations. Uh, uh, it's dominated by a few banks uh, that have not as uh, so far been open to working on P type deals uh, with a lot of leverage, uh, as in some uh, other markets. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, it's uh, a quickly growing economy where population growth is still high, uh, unlike in China. 
uh, where the consumer sector is really uh, not developed uh, and where the government is continuously making noises about uh, deregulating the sectors of the economy. Now, we've seen uh, they made noises about this, but uh, hasn't happened uh, so far, so it's hard to predict the future. But uh, uh, if you see significant reforms easing the entry of uh, foreign investors into India, uh, I think uh, the infrastructure is there, and these guys are really ready uh, to jump in. And if those changes happen, you could quickly see a huge ramp-up, I think, in P activity in India, probably more so that, than, in my opinion, than in China, uh, which is uh, still uh, very insider-oriented. Okay. Uh, Philip, uh, we get your view on that, and, and then we'll wrap it up. Thank you. Yeah, just a couple quick points. I think uh, uh, Pavel covered uh, covered it well. I think, uh, you know, even with the complexity of doing business uh, in India at times, uh, really the activity was stable this past year compared to the prior year. So uh, so overall results and activity uh, really weren't that weren't down. Uh, and we also saw an uptick in the larger deals. So clearly it continues to be a large area of interest for private equity investing. Uh, uh, Pavel touched on the population, clearly GDP growth uh is that uh, is expected to be at five percent and, and continue to be uh, stronger than the than the more mature markets. So again, we look at India as a market that uh, private equity is going to invest, and uh, and uh, again, uh, in our recent survey, was rated as the fourth. Sixty-nine percent indicated as the uh, really indicated it was the fourth most attractive destination for emerging market investing, with uh, China, Greater Latin America, and uh, and Brazil ahead of it. But at the same time. Uh, still very much up on the radar and still very much a, a larger investing for private equity. We've been speaking with Philip Baz from Ernst & Young and Wharton Professor Pavel Savor. Watch for our podcast next quarter. Meanwhile, you can access past podcasts and additional insights into private equity at our website, kw.wharton.upenn.edu slash private hyphen equity. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.